Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here today recording Lost in the Woods. We have a crazy story today, and I think that this story is probably going to make Maddie a little uncomfortable. This is the story of Sue Clements, and she goes hiking with her daughter, who's 19, and bad things happen. So it's basically like me and you hiking. <sighs> Great. Now, Mitzi, Sue, Grubbs, Clements, that's a mouthful, she went by Susie, was born on November 12 of 1964 in Hamilton, Ohio. She was a native to Ohio and an auditor in the city of Cincinnati. She had been married to Tim Clements. I do not like how Cincinnati is spelled. I know, it's super weird, right? It's gross. It kind of looks like cinnamon. <laughs> but was later divorced. But before divorcing, her and Tim did have three children, Elizabeth, Elliot, and Emily. Sue was known to be an experienced trail hiker, and she often hiked with her daughter, Emily. Which is her youngest, the 19-year-old. So her daughter, Emily, had plans to go visit her dad with her brother and do some hiking. But when plans fell through, Emily decided that her and her mom should go on a road trip to see her cousin who had recently moved to Georgia. And on the way home, they could stop by some national parks, do some hiking. And at this point, Emily is 19 and Sue is 53. Yep. So driving from Ohio to Georgia is about 12 hours. Sue did inform her daughter, Elizabeth, about their plan, but she did not give her an itinerary of where they would be going, like, exactly. Yeah, and this didn't really concern Elizabeth because she said that her mom and sister were both kind of free spirits and maybe not the best planners. Yeah, and, like, they probably didn't even have a plan. Which, I mean, right. when we go on trips, we have, like the loosest knit of plans together. Right. And I think that's kind of their plan was like that. Like, let's drive down. We'll see the cousin. And then on our way back, we'll just hit as many places as we can. Oh, yeah. Well, if we went, if we go missing on a podcasting trip, we might be screwed. I know. Right? That's so true. <laughs> because we don't even know where we're going to end up. Half the time, we don't even have a place to stay when we fly down to the place that's we're going. And we're just like, well, if we can get a camp spot, we will. But if not, I guess we'll be getting a hotel somewhere. <laughs> Oh, we stayed in, we've stayed in some pretty sketchy areas, actually, when we were in, like, on our, our podcasting travels, and there was one where we, when we went in, the parking lot was, like, super sketchy to begin with. We had to check in in this oh weird my God. building. Oh, my God. I forgot And then this. there was, like, holes in the door. There was, like, holes in the wall. Like, I swear to God, it looked like a bullet had gone through our hotel room at some point. Yeah, it was super, super sketchy. I did not sleep well that night. The hole was clogged up with toilet paper? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was, um, it was really good. And we were <laughs> on the ground floor as well. Uh... I don't like being on the ground floor, for starters, but yeah. So, they had been traveling home and hiking along the way, and on September 25 of 2018, they found themselves in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. 
which we've actually covered multiple cases in the Great Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Now, that evening, which was a Tuesday, Elizabeth had been home getting ready for bed and becoming a little concerned because she hadn't heard from her mom or her sister, and she had expected to hear from them before going to bed this night. Also, Emily's Find My Friends wasn't working because her phone was dead. So she knew that her sister's phone was dead, so she wasn't able to see her like on their app, which we have we have that too, by the way. Ours is Life360, but I can see what my entire family's doing. Um, I really like Life360, and everyone that I've opened up to Life360, like all my friends that I've forced to download it because I have a circle of my friends because my friends are unreliable. If you're listening to this, yes, I am talking about you. Okay, <laughs> that's not what I do with my Life360. Actually, today I spent about three and a half hours with my Life360 open and my scanner open, <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. That's a whole other story, though. Yeah. Well, we've also had Life 360 do us good by when somebody ended up in the hospital and yep. somebody well, else and disappeared. One time, uh, one time Cordelia lost her phone. But so we have Life 360. So I totally get this because when I pull it up, if I see that somebody's phone is dead, I'm like, what? It immediately concerns me. Immediately. What really concerns me is when I open it and everybody else's phones are like almost dead. And I'm like, our why is really bad at charging the fuck their fuck is everybody's phone going to die? <laughs> like, it's like everyone's phone is at like less than 10%. And I'm like, what is happening? That does stress me out too, But actually. everyone else that I've forced to download Life360 all now say that they don't know how they... Yeah, we love Life360. Now, she told herself that if she didn't hear from them by morning then she was going to call authorities. That's how concerned she is at this point that she hasn't heard from them. Although she admittedly didn't know what she would tell them because she didn't even know where they were. Because remember, they did not give her an itinerary. So she has no idea where they are. Yeah, that's a problem. As she began to fall asleep, she got a message at 10.26 p.m. from a number that she did not recognize. And it said... Mom is missing on the trail. Park rangers are looking for her. She responded to the message at 1029 saying, who is this? Where are you? And after what must have been 10 agonizing minutes, a message came in saying, we are in the Great Smoky Mountains. To which Elizabeth replied, call me, who is this? Because I think at this point she's like hoping it's not. Emily. Right. But the texter does not identify themselves. We know who. We find out that it's Emily, though, right? Right. We, yeah, we know. Emily and Sue had parked at Clingman's Dome parking lot, and they were hiking to Andrew's Bald. And if that <laughs> sounds familiar to you at all, it's because we've covered a case on this same exact trail. No way. Which one? Uh, Trini. More information. She was on a school field trip. She ended up just disappearing off of the trail with people oh, behind her and in front yeah, of her. Yeah, there was like a shit ton of kids around and yeah. she just like... Yep. Now, this hike would take them roughly 3.6 miles round trip and it would be on the Forney Ridge Trail. Now, being such a short trip, 
they elected to not carry much with them. Sue had her key fob for her car, the clothes she was wearing, and two rain ponchos. She did not even have her cell phone on her. Interesting. So they basically parked the car and they decide that they're going to go and hike to this dome. Sue grabs two ponchos, probably one for her, one for Emily. And that's it. They leave everything else in the car. Now, while hiking back from Andrew's Bald, Susan decides that she did not want to continue up to the dome, observation tower, and told her daughter to go ahead up to the tower and that she would meet her back in the parking lot. Now, if you recall, on our hiking with Hannah, we have definitely been in this situation before where Hannah's like refusing to continue to the lookout tower. And we're like, sorry, like you have to go or you're going to get eaten by something. Yeah. Yeah. Don't separate. I know. Fuck. Well, and the two of them had done this a couple times already because Emily had a faster pace. Sue was like good with like going back to the car or not finishing entire hikes. So they had done this multiple times on this trip where they split up. Now, Emily continues up to Klingman's Dome, and then she makes her way back to the parking lot to meet up with her mom, but when she arrives there, her mom is not there. Now, it's already pretty late in the day, and at this point, it's starting to get darker, which made her daughter even more worried, and she does report her mom missing right away. Yeah. Okay, so authorities began to search for Sue immediately. The search ensued along the Forney Ridge Trail and parts of the Appalachian Trail that intertwine with this trail. Right. Something that may not be important, but I wanted to mention it, is that Sue was on a cleanse at the time of the hike. And it had been a couple of days, so we know that she was not, like... In the best shape nutritionally. Yeah. Yeah. Which, her daughter mentioned this, but I'm not sure that it contributes to anything in this case. But if you've ever been on a cleanse, no, you know that your body is it's cleansing itself. So you're deprived of a lot of nutrition that you normally have. And that can affect a lot of things. Energy-wise and maybe like the amount that your body has stored away yeah. at well, that moment. Which could be why she didn't want to go up to the dome because she was already tired. Now, Emily actually leaves the trailhead around 3 a.m. And she actually heads home with the strangers who had let her use their phone to text her sister. She also sent her sister a picture of their license plate number in case they decided to murder her. Like, hey, I'm going home with these people. This is their license plate number. Just in case. I mean... I mean, granted, she probably search and rescue is there. There's lots of people, yeah. I'm sure. And I mean, if she was like the people were there with her the whole time. Right. Like, which it sounds like they were. Yeah. Now, the next morning, which is Wednesday, Elliot comes to pick up Elizabeth so that they can drive down to the search. Although at this point, they still have no idea of the actual location, but they just start heading in the direction that they know that they're at. Yeah. 
Elizabeth said that they made the five-hour drive in silence and that when Elliot asked if she wanted him to turn on the radio, she said no, and they basically just sat in silence for five hours. So stressful. Yeah. So when they do eventually get to the visitor center, it's raining and foggy, and this is where they see Emily for the first time. The search team interviewed all three kids about her personality and how she might handle the situation, what her instincts would be. So basically, like, options of where she could be. Like, what would she do? Right, like, what do you think she would do if she got off trail? Like, what do you think she would do? How would she handle this? Like, they also asked, like, her personality, like, what questions about her personality. And... uh Elizabeth and Emily, I guess, answered a lot of the questions almost exactly the same. Funny. Mm-hmm. Now, Elizabeth said that when they actually went to check into a hotel that night, that that's when she really realized that she wasn't leaving that day because they hadn't found her. She'd even been working on her homework thinking that she would be back to school by Friday. But checking into a hotel and not knowing when they would be checking out was a really big reality check for her. Yeah. No kidding. I can't even imagine. And her and her brother Elliot are both in school right now. They are both in college in school. So the next day, which is Thursday, September 27th. Weird. So Emily, the daughter's 20th birthday. Crazy. September 27th is Emily's 20th birthday. By the way, Maddie's birthday is on the 26th of September. So investigators were trying to pin down the location that her and her mom had split up. And in order to do that, they had to go out and hike the trail. Yeah. And this is also the first time they're seeing the other siblings are seeing their mom's car sitting there abandoned in the parking lot and a sign taped to the driver's side window saying call 911 we're looking for you right in case she like made it back to her car and nobody saw her now while they're hiking this hike they actually come across a tarp and the searcher asks emily if it had been there when she was hiking with her mom and she said no So the searcher walks towards the tarp that obviously has something underneath it and says something along the lines of like, I'm a park ranger and I'm going to remove this tarp because there's something underneath it. Can you even imagine? Like, can you even imagine Um, what would be going through your head at this point? Actually, I can because when we were in Joshua Tree, when we we were outside Joshua Tree at this point, actually, but we were in the area and there was a rug rug Uh rolled up Chilling in the middle of the desert after we were already visiting a grave site where someone's body was found. Right, but we're not looking for your mother. Yes, okay, way scarier looking for your mom, I do agree, but the whole pulling back the... Yeah, like, yeah. There was not a body in the rug. Because I unrolled the rug. I did. There was nothing in it. It was just like... Rolled up. Weirdly packed and rolled with like a a tarp and a rug and... Mm -hmm. Now... She pulls the tarp off, and it's actually a bunch of gear underneath that belonged to other searchers. So it's totally a false alarm, but still very stressful. Now, due to the darkness and low visibility from fog, an aerial search was unable to assist for the first couple days of the search. 
which is so frustrating. Yeah. So it was completely dependent on people searching the ground for her. The weather at the time of Sue's disappearance was a high of 50 and a low of 40. Also, over three inches of rain would fall. Um, now, you might think that 40 degrees doesn't sound bad. Uh, I fucking disagree. 40 degrees does but sound But survivable. Bad. It sounds survivable. It sounds however, debatable. However, if you're wet, 40 degrees... I'm dying. It's hypothermic. I am literally dying in 50 degrees wet. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mom, you're losing like fingers and toes at 50 degrees. Oh, for sure I am. So we have cold. We have rain. We have fog. Basically, we have everything working against us in this search for Sue. Yeah, so Friday the 28th, they shut down the road and brought in lots of equipment and tents for searching and helicopters were actually able to come out and search this day with the fog lifting a little. Still right. not, like, great. The weather isn't great. Nothing's great, but... But the press release also goes out this day. So Friday the 28th is when the press release goes out. Which sounds a little late to me because anybody who might have seen Sue on this trail, like, they're probably not even in the area anymore. No, but we run into that a lot in national parks where, yeah. like... Everybody who was in the area is gone and probably has no idea what's even happening because. Now on Saturday the 29th, this is the first nice day since Sue went missing. And all three children actually go up to Clemens Dome. And on this day, the dogs come out as well. Which, fuck. The rain is going to have rinsed away all. I know. Also, a woman shows up claiming that she had a vision of where Sue was going to walk out of the woods and said that Sue was alive. And their dad actually follows her down to a wooded area because their their dad is there now too. He follows her down to a wooded area where she shows him an area to go in and says if he just keeps on walking a straight line, he's going to find her. But he's like... Yeah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And he marks the place with some tape and shares that information with Search and Rescue. But, like, yeah. If you just walk straight. Like, straight up the mountain from here, you're going to run into her, is what the psychic told them. Now, they also use a DNA plane on this day. And I had never actually heard of this before. What the fuck is a DNA plane? Okay, so apparently they take one of the kids' DNA and they put it into this machine that then scans the area and marks or lights up any area that has that DNA. How the fuck is that even possible? Dude, I don't know. I've literally never heard of this before. And... I did look it up, and they have actually found people using this method. But they did not have luck finding Sue this way. And part of that could be because of the weather and the rain leading up to it. It's been days. Yeah. But there's DNA planes out there. What the fuck? Now, on October 1, which is Monday, a portion of Sue's rain poncho 
is discovered south of the Appalachian Trail. They follow where they found this brain poncho and they follow it down and they actually find a footprint. A footprint. A footprint. And they go back and try to figure out if this footprint belongs to Sue or not. Because at this point, they don't actually know if the rain poncho is even Sue's. Yeah. They just know there's a part of a rain poncho and a footprint somewhere off the trail, right? Now, the kids are pretty sure that she is wearing these purple particular shoes. I think they're Nike or whatever. They get the dimensions. They get it all ready for search and rescue. And they're like, are you sure these are the shoes that she's wearing? And Elizabeth is kind of like, I don't know. And so she calls somebody who's back home and has them check her closet, her mom's closet, and send a picture of like all the shoes that they can find in the house. Just like, send me a picture of all the shoes. And sure as shit, those shoes are still at the house. And so then they're like, we don't know what shoes she's wearing. We have no idea. So they just don't know what kind of shoes she's wearing. So this footprint really isn't helpful at this point. No. But it is the relative size that Sue wears. Now, on Tuesday, October 2nd, Joe, who's the head of the search, sends the kids a picture of the sunrise. And it's an amazing picture, by the way. He says, wore my lucky shirt today. I've ordered all available air and ground assets into the drainage where we found the poncho. The sun is up and the sky is beautiful. I wore my lucky shirt today. Morale is high. Hashtag, you are never out of the fight. And her kids spent the morning on the mountain, up at the dome and the surrounding areas. And they actually go back down for lunch and they go back down so that her brother can take a test because he still has to turn in his work. No. She actually got like an exemption from all of her teachers that she didn't have to do any of the work while she was gone, while she was there. As they are heading back up the mountain, the search and rescue person that was driving them got a text message from Joe saying that if they weren't on their way back yet, they should be, and that he had news. She did not share this message with them at the time, though, but they did know that she had gotten a message because she actually pulled over to check it. They were led to a tent, and this was at 5.15 p.m., the exact time that Sue was last seen exactly one week before. And he told them, we found your mom, and she didn't make it. He said that they found a trail of her clothes that led to her body. This is so, so upsetting because they're ecstatic to find a piece of poncho to find evidence that somebody was in the area and they're thinking this is the day that we're gonna find her and it was well and it was just not the result they were hoping for now it appeared that sue had removed her clothing herself and had gotten into a creek hypothermia yep removed her clothing out in the water because she was too hot yep which we've talked about that multiple times on this show. It's called paradoxal undressing. It's where you get overheated in the final stages of hypothermia and you think that you're overheating. The area that she was found was a water bar and it was believed that she mistook it for a trail, but ended up being more of a maze of heavy brush and rugged terrain. She may have also stepped off the trail to use the bathroom and may not have been able to find her way back and mistaken the drainage for a trail. 
because she was really close to this. And a lot of hikers who go missing are found in drainage type areas because where water flows down, it can create a path that looks like a trail. And it can be easy to mistake for an actual trail. Yeah. They could see that she had stepped around a bush and then her foot slipped and she landed on her butt. And they could also see that she had a black eye. So she was struggling, it sounds like. She was about two miles from the parking lot at Clemens Dome where she was headed and she was three quarters of a mile away from the Appalachian Trail. And she was on her back in Huggins Creek. Her body actually had to be airlifted out of the steep and dense area where she was found. I did read that it was difficult to get off trail in this area, but Elizabeth actually said that while they were hiking the trail, there was like this part where it switchbacked and she actually missed the switchback. So... You've got to think when the weather's not great, when you're not really paying attention, there are so many ways that you can get off of the main trail. Maybe not feeling well. I mean, who knows? Sue's cause of death would be ruled hypothermia and dehydration. And we already know she was not dressed for the coldness that she endured. She only had on her person a sweater, leggings, nylon pants, and her rain poncho which were mostly removed, leading to her body. And no time of death could be established by the medical examiner, and her body being in the creek probably made that even harder. It also could have been that she got onto one of these, like, other trails that intersects and thought that she was heading towards the parking lot, but wasn't. But I don't know about that because I feel like she wouldn't have left a trail if she thought she was going the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's more likely that she stepped off trail maybe to use the bathroom or do something else and ended up losing her way. So Sue was not carrying food, water, or any way to shelter herself from the elements besides her poncho. So we know this is like worst case scenario where you don't have anything that's going to save your life if you are trapped out there. I mean... Maddie and I carry extra supplies no matter what kind of hike we're doing. We've talked about that many times. We always have some sort of shelter, rather that be a tent or a tarp or something that we can use. It's usually a tent. To shelter. It's usually a tent. Our tent is really light. It's about the same weight as a tarp. It might even be lighter Um, than a tarp. It's lighter than my hammock tarp. We always carry... Shelter, we always carry extra food. Although a lot of times I'll have the cook set and Maddie will have the actual food. So And then I have the extra water. Mm-hmm. But I have both- the filter. In 2018, Sue was the 11th hiker to die in the Great Smoky Mountains. Damn. In 2017, there were seven deaths. And in 2016, there were 16 deaths reported. That is so high. The Great Smokies saw 11.3 million people in 2017, according to the National Park Surveys, making it the most visited national park. Now, remember, 
Teresa Gibson or Trini Gibson is a case that we covered about a young woman who went missing in the Great Smoky Mountains, going along a very similar path that Sue and her daughter had been hiking the day that Sue disappeared. If you don't remember that case, we covered it in our Great Smoky Mountain episode, which was around episode 26, back when we were still numbering our episodes. Trini was hiking the Andrews Bald Trail with a group from her high school when she disappeared. While the group was making their way back to the Klingman's Dome parking lot, which if you know from Sue's daughter's account, this is where they split up so she could continue onto the dome and her mom was headed back to the parking lot along the same trail that Trini went missing. Trini has never been found. And with the way Sue got lost on the same trail, could she have gotten turned around and ended up off trail back in 1976 when Trini went missing? One thing that's weird about Trini's disappearance, though, is there was actually people in front of her and people behind her hiking. And she just vanished. And if you remember, the dogs actually followed her scent from the trail all the way to a road where they lost it. But she's still never been found. Still good. It's dense out there. Yeah. Well, and in that episode, we actually covered, I think, like four or five people that had gone missing in the Great Smoky Mountains. I do think that day hikers have a much lower chance of survival when they get lost in the wood versus backpackers. Because if you think about it, backpackers are prepared to be in the woods for multiple days. They have the ability to cook food. They have more supplies. They have warmer supplies where a day hiker is not making those kinds of plans. Okay, so this is the story of Sue Clemens. And I will put a link in the description, but her daughter Elizabeth actually did like a multi-video diary basically about her life basically when this was going on. So it's devastating and heart-wrenching. Heartbreaking. I only saw parts of it because I can't handle that. <laughs> what Traumatizing. It was traumatizing to watch. Um, honestly. I can't even imagine. I don't even know how you go through with some of those things. Watching yeah, them. I don't know either. Yeah, I highly recommend it though. Go and check it out. We're also going to be clicking over to our Patreon. We're doing like a survival survive the woods with Marie and Maddie little episode over there so if you want to see that come and visit us on Patreon but we're going to be talking about like some of the things that we do and some of the things that are recommended by National Geographic and by other experts in the field as far as increasing your odds of surviving in the woods. We're also going to talk on that episode about some of the stats in the different national parks and what makes them dangerous because it seems to be a little different in every park what is actually killing people off. So I think we need to go cover these deaths in the Virgin Islands, Mom. I know, right? So it's the second most deadly national park. I think we have to go. Book the <laughs> tickets right now. Let's go. So come and see us on Patreon. Thank you so much to everybody that has supported us. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please, for the love of God, be safe out there. Bring the backpack. Bring the supplies. 
bring the water, the food, the warm clothes, whatever you need. It's worth the wait. Yep. Don't separate from your parties, please. I'm, I don't want to do a case on you. Yeah, we don't want to be talking about you on our podcast. So freaking take care of yourself out there. All right. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.